But in order to go into unknown territory, we have to be calm first, because if we're overly governed by fear, we're not even going to take a step in the direction of the unknown. Hi, brave friends. We possess an innate power. We do. Everywhere I seem to turn these days, I am hearing the same thing. Whether I am in family therapy, the DBT Skills for Parents course that we're offering in We Are Brave, or my beloved hot yoga class, I hear it again and again. Your breath is your superpower. Now, don't go anywhere. You may be rolling your eyes. You may be listening out there thinking, if I hear one more person tell me to take deep breaths, I'm going to kick them. I understand that feeling. It reminds me of when I wanted to start this podcast. I researched and I researched and I talked with podcasters. I was overwhelmed and the old perfectionist tendencies in me were screaming. Everyone kept saying to me, Jess, just get a good mic and go into your closet. You will be fine. And I protested and I stomped my feet figuratively. No, it's, it's not that easy, I said. And what happened? I got a mic, and I went into the closet, and the rest is podcast history and success. We launched amidst the crazy pandemic, and now we're close to 100 episodes. Today's guest is someone dear to me, one of my favorite past yoga instructors, DeAndre Clayton. Every single time I went to DeAndre's class, he gave me something to think about and chew on. It was very inspirational, and sometimes his words would challenge me in a good way. DeAndre has been teaching yoga for 10 years, and he is the proud business owner of Hot Yoga Healthy You Studio out in Temecula. In fact, his studio was close to our Canyon Lake retreat home, and he so graciously came on over to teach the mamas. We loved it. If you are ever wine tasting Temecula, do not miss out on a chance to experience a class with the master, DeAndre Clayton. So tell us, how did you get into yoga? So I got into yoga. So I was an athlete my entire life. I played baseball growing up and I played in high school and um, the high school career was really great. But then I had some things happen in my family that um, I had to, I couldn't go to college right away. I had to work. So I stopped playing baseball. And of course, baseball was my entire world, my passion and didn't really know what to do. So I, um, I just started to get into fitness. You know, I, I got trained, I got, uh, um, certified to be a personal trainer and then just kind of set off into the movement world. But when I was training people, I didn't really understand how to, um, get into some of the mental challenges that people had, right? People would come and they'd want to lose weight or they'd want to, you know, get more fit or whatever it was that they want to do, build muscle. But there's such a mental aspect to creating change and transformation. And I didn't really know how to speak to it. So, um, I just kind of wanted to, I started to read a lot and then I started to just like look for other ways to deepen my knowledge about the body. Yes, but also the brain. And then for some reason, yoga just whispered, Hey, come take me, come take me. So I, uh, I decided to go to core power and I got a, I got, took a free week and I was immediately hooked, but I was hooked because it was exercise. But I was also, I remember when I left the class, it felt so, uh, I felt so, so positive, 
and so mentally clear that I was like, huh, this is interesting. This is like a new kind of fitness. So I, um, so quickly after that, my mentor was like, Hey, you should do teacher training. I think you'd be great at it. And then the rest is history. So I got into it just on a fluke of just like thinking that it would be good for me, but not really knowing and then trying it. I never stopped since. Oh, that's so, so great. So great. What do you love about teaching? What I love about teaching is sharing or really holding the space for people to have breakthroughs. I think that's the most fun part about it is, is seeing people come in with doubts or seeing people come in with, with, you know, they're dealing with stuff like outside the room and then offering them a space to process it and then use it as a source of clarity, I think is my favorite thing ever. So that's why, you know, usually traditionally yoga is associated with postures and exercise, but as you know, um, I really love to drop messages and give mental hacks to really conquer some of the moments that are happening in class. And so my favorite part is really holding the space for people to experience those mental breakthroughs the most. Well, it absolutely comes through. I think that's why I loved your class, because it wasn't just a, a great workout with a great, you know, vibe of a studio. It, you're so intentional as a teacher. And you made me think and you made me feel and I would go home and journal about things. And I just thought, all right, he is not just a teacher. Like you, you have a gift, you have something special. And so I loved your classes. I loved your classes. So let's talk about breath and how it is our superpower. Yeah, this is so great. Well, the funny thing is I just hung up. So we just got this neon sign from my yoga studio and it literally says breath is your superpower. Yay! <laughs> so it's, it's so it's so great because I've been this this idea of breath being a superpower has me and me and one of my other teachers have been talking about it for months. And then it's so crazy how the world works. So you come and say, hey, let's do this episode on breath is your superpower. What's interesting is that breath being such a huge part of yoga for a long time, because of my athletic background, I didn't even really like focus on the breath part. Like for me, it was like a way for me to, to clear my mind, but also it was fun exercise for a long time. And then, um, I had a teacher explain to me the power of what happens when you breathe, when you breathe into your diaphragm and it actually soothes your nervous system. And when your nervous system is calm, then everything else can fall into place. Um, that's when I got really interested in it. So, you know, I thought it was more of a fluffy statement, I guess you can call it. But then once it was like, wait a minute, no, there's, there's physiologically something that happens in your body when you just take one deep breath. I always think of these moments where, you know, you have a person and let's say you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack. And if you're with somebody and they put their hand on your shoulder and they say, hey, let's take a deep breath. And what's the purpose of that breath? That breath is so you can center yourself into the situation. And once you're centered in that situation, then you can actually change it or cope with it or deal with it in a better way than when you're anxious or flustered. So I love the idea of being, I love the idea of breath being your superpower because it really does drop you into your most clear self in which you can handle even the biggest situations with a lot more clarity. So if this superpower is free and it changes your life, which I believe that it does, why do we resist it? <laughs> that's such a good question and obviously you know i can't speak for everyone but i feel i i feel like you know as we 
are, you know, we're intellectual beings, right? And sometimes when you ask the brain to figure something out, it will figure anything out, including why is this situation wrong? What's wrong with the situation? You ask the brain that and the brain will quickly come up with a million reasons why. So sometimes we over rely on our intellect to try to control or explain things. And I think something as simple as just taking a deep breath, it may make people feel like they're complacent, like they're, um, you know, like we have a hard time with surrender and acceptance, which are two core principles of yoga. And I think it's hard for people to take a deep breath because in their flustered mind, they want to control the situation as fast as possible. And it's hard to accept something that's challenging. Mm. I feel like everywhere I go these days, the message that I keep that I keep receiving is about the power of pausing and being and being curious and non-judgmental and just being open and and taking a deep breath is obviously a part of that. I would just slow myself down so that I can just not react but just kind of get curious about how I'm feeling or what's going on in the situation. What do you say when you hear, well, I'm, I'm just too hyper for yoga or I'm, I'm just too full of the monkey mind and the chatter in my head to practice breathing or meditation. Yeah. I, I love this question so much because I get it a lot, especially um, owning a yoga studio, right? A lot of people come in and, you know, they're like, I'm unsure about this. I'm a little bit too, yeah, like you said, I'm too hyper for yoga or like I got too much energy. I can't sit still, you know, and luckily I teach power yoga, which is a more athletic, you know, vigorous style of yoga that can allow you to let some of that energy out. But I like that we honor the power of the pause. Um, and I tell people that who you are when you're calm is different than who you are when you're anxious. And I think a lot, I think a lot about what, the fight or flight responses for like, if like we have fight or flight and that's good for survival, right? If my actual life is in danger, I shouldn't be thinking about enlightenment or how can I best handle this situation? It's like, just stay alive. And that's so important. But if we're operating on survival mode, it prevents us from seeing things long-term only short-term. So yoga offers you that, that space to pause, breathe, feel, notice, think about how things turn out in the long run, then you can handle the situation accordingly. And if people are hyper, I tell people it's okay to be hyper. I think one of the first things that we, one of the first lessons of yoga is to be graceful to yourself and anything that comes up is okay. So there's, you know, you don't need to clear your mind or you don't need to sit still and have a blank mind. It's like, it's okay. Just get curious about every single thing that you're thinking, you know? Because there's a lot of information in that busy-mindedness. Yeah, there are messages, and and we can befriend those messages and things that come up. It's not about just clearing your mind. I like how you said that because I think we have this false idea that in order to practice yoga or meditation or just take deep breaths for five minutes, that we have to clear our mind, and it's just about sitting still. Uh -huh. There's a there's a popular man who a lot of people follow his name is um dr what's his name he always talks about like breath in the nervous system um i can't remember his name right now but he he's he defined meditation as becoming familiar with yourself 
And that changed everything for me because with people thinking that the goal of meditation is to clear your mind, they're already set up for not success because they, they, their mind is not clear when they start. Whereas when it's just becoming familiar with yourself, it's like, hmm, why do I think so much? Why, why am I having these thoughts? Why am I having these thoughts? Then it becomes kind of interesting to learn about how your mind works and what it leads you to do. Um, I read somewhere that it says, you know, control your breathing, control your life. How would you speak to that? Control your breathing, control your life. Again, I think it comes down to the understanding that the, that fight or flight is designed to keep you afloat in a time of danger. And so by breathing and calming your nervous system, if you think about what happens when you're in danger, a lot of your functions in your body get cut off, right? So like, like everything is geared towards survival. So if I take a breath and I actually allow the calmness to activate my real intelligence and to let my body be at homeostasis and to feel balanced, then I'm naturally going to make better choices and I'm going to lean more into my purpose instead of just trying to avoid challenge or situations or irritations that happen throughout the day. So just being able to control your nervous system so you're not operating on survival mode it gives you your life back because it allows you to lean into situations looking at it from a long-term point of view. I can take this sacrifice. It's uncomfortable, but I'm calm enough to see that through this, I'm going to gain this and therefore things are going to be better. And obviously we can't completely control our lives. We can't control what happens. We can't control certain emotions that, that come up or how some we might be activated by something, but by practicing meditation or breathing exercises on a regular basis can help us to not be ruled maybe by those emotions or ruled by certain thoughts or patterns or ruled by behaviors because it causes us to slow down and become more aware of really what's going on. So like in, in yoga, there are philosophies that basically say that when you're calm, you have access to more of your, your superhuman self, right? So like, yeah, I can have control over my body or even my emotions, but when I'm really calm and I can really allow myself space to think and notice things, I may even start to, to trust and feel a little bit more faith in God and the universe, whatever it is that you identify with. And through calmness, we start to see that we're not doing this alone. Mm -hmm. So then it gives us a little bit more, okay, yeah, this, I can't necessarily control this situation in the way that I expected. However, because I have trust and I have faith in it with a capital I, I believe that it'll meet me halfway and maybe there's something I'm not seeing. So I'll go in the direction of, of the unknown and learn something new. But in order to go into unknown territory, we have to be calm first, because if we're overly governed by fear, we're not even going to take a step in the direction of the unknown. So true. I mean, just as you talk about having that place of calm and that space of calm, where you kind of get to that place of knowing or intuition or, you know, deeper messages, the bigger picture, that to me, like just talking about it feels peaceful. And who, who, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to get to those places? Yeah. And I think it's nice. It's nice to, to go back in our lives and look at times where maybe we were not trusting or we didn't really have faith in something that was guiding us that was bigger. And 
think about what what happened like there was a whisper that you got to marry that person or to take that job or to go to that school even though you were unsure and because you took that step it led you into some beautiful places that's happened in all of our lives you know a good amount of times and sometimes we're just not aware of it right that's our proof right there right so it's nice to just kind of breathe close your eyes and just say where in life was i lost heard a little whisper and then i trusted and followed that whisper and this is all accessible to us through the feeling of calm which is through breathing how do people get started so let's say somebody's out there listening and they're like okay all right okay i'm willing i hear you i need this i want this okay i'm gonna start how do you encourage people to start so it doesn't feel like all or nothing it doesn't feel like a big chunk that they're taking on we're not saying meditate for two hours a day. <laughs> the, 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 I think the first thing to lead with, and this is so cool. So one of the one of my things that I have to offer as an instructor is that I'm not like, like I've come from some pretty rough times and some really unstable situations. And so I tell people like if yoga has helped me, it can help anybody, right? Even with meditation, you know, I'm not like a, a cold plunge expert where I'm doing this stuff for two hours a day and like I'm just like a breath master. I'm just using my breath to handle running a business and handling the challenges that life throws me. So for me, when I started, it was like, OK, let's just sit down and meditate for three minutes. I'm going to put my timer on for three minutes and I'm just going to deep breathe. And if I forget or if I fall out, who cares when the timer's done? I'm done. Three minutes. It's kind of long when you've never meditated before, but it feels like it feels like an accomplishment. Right. And then anytime you feel accomplished, it, it's human nature to want to go to the next step. Right. So you do five minutes, seven minutes, however long you want. Right. But I think I think, number one, lead with grace. It's OK if you're thinking like a mad person. There's just a million thoughts going on, especially if you're a mom, you take care of a family. you got a lot of things on your mind at all times. That's OK. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong. Just literally sit, breathe two minutes, one minute, three minutes, and just see if you can get into some habit there. And notice if there's even a little shift after taking three breaths, five breaths, seven breaths. And I think, I think the number one thing is to leave with grace. And then number two, start really small and it counts. Mm, so good. It's so good. That's, that's how I started literally was with three minutes, the timer on my phone flip the phone over, don't look at it. And then just sit, just sit, you know, light a candle, find your spot. And that's it. But it does make a difference. And it is like you said, it is a sense of accomplishment. Okay, I did this. And then you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And what I'm always telling, you know, our moms, obviously, is to practice self care, because we're trying to sustain ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically for the long haul of caregiving. And this is free. This is free. This is available to us. If it's five minutes in the morning and five minutes before you go to bed, it's free. And there is research. This is not just woo-woo mm -hmm. stuff that we're yeah. throwing at you. <laughs> there is yep. brain research that says yeah. it does make a difference with our stress levels. And I like to think, I always like to think of situations because it really helps you to like understand how things work, right? When somebody walks in the room and they just have a good vibe to them, are we not naturally drawn to that person, right? And you can't understand why you're drawn to that person. There's just an energy or a vibe to them that is just 
it's like a magnet, right? So I like to think of breathing and meditation as changing that frequency so that people and the the universe, if you want to call it that, it can find ways to to give to you instead of avoid you because you're operating from that fear frequency. Mm, I like that. I like that. I Yeah, I mean, we all want to be that person that we're drawn to, right? When we walk into a room or when that person walks into a room and you can feel their light, you can feel their energy, you can feel something really beautiful about them. We all want to be that. And if if breathing can calm us and regulate us and soothe us and heal us in ways so that we can be that person, how beautiful. Yeah. I always say in class, breathing is the love language of the body, right? So I can tell the body or even the brain, hey, calm down, calm down, right? We all know what that's like when somebody tells us to calm down when we're flustered, right? But the breath really does. It's like you can say, hey, why am I feeling this way? Or you can take a deep breath. And that is the language that the body loves. And so it starts to follow that because it's, that's just what we were born to do is just to feel connected to our breath. It's the first thing that we do when we come into this world is take a breath. That's so beautiful. I love that. What are some of your, your favorite quotes for you personally or favorite things that you love to say? I think there's one universal message and that message that comes through consistently is uh, stress is an invitation to growth. Stress is an invitation to grow. I think that our, I think that whatever it is that you believe that kind of helps you and gives you that extra push, I believe that it speaks to you through your nervous system. So when it needs to call your attention, it's going to give you a situation that kind of makes you prop up like, hmm, wait, that was weird. That's, that's interesting. And that's when it has your attention. Now, if I lead with the idea that this is an invitation to up level or to grow or to expand in some way, I'm naturally going to take a deep breath and lean in instead of not breathe and lean out. So I love to think of any stress that we have, any anything at all that makes you feel uncomfortable in any way, frustrated, sad, angry, mad, rageful, anything. It's an it's an invitation for you to pause, breathe and understand something that you don't understand. I remember you used to say get comfortable with being uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable, it's an invitation to grow. It's an invitation to say What's going on with me? What am I feeling? What can I learn through this? Whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the situation is. Yep. And I think we have a natural, we have a natural curiosity to come back to ourselves because who we are is resilient at our core, right? So this is why we take hot yoga classes or we go climb high mountains or we do skydiving or anything that activates your courage because that's who we are. Right. And when we conquer it, we wear a medal, we wear a T-shirt. It's something that we wear with pride. Right. So we know at our core that challenge activates us. But through our fear brain, we don't see it that way. So I like to I I like to say, okay, whatever you're going to do, take a deep breath first or five or ten and then see how that how the calmness affects your decision. What do you say to people who say, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I always try to leave with grace and I'm saying, look, hey, here's the here's the thing. Without a breath practice, you're most likely going to be OK. Right. We are pretty strong beings. 
we, we can handle a lot, right? Even in your most anxious, flustered self, I'm sure you can handle a lot, right? But one of the things that we value as people is to feel grounded and calm and feel good in the moment. And that's what breath can allow us to do is it can help us to feel good in the moment. It's right. It's like our natural reliever. So even just a breath a day is totally cool. And that takes no time. That takes 10 seconds. Wake up, take one deep breath. Let that deep breath represent you coming into your most centered self, then going about your day. Don't even think about it to the next day. Next day you wake up, just take one deep breath. DeAndre, thank you so, so much. I, there's there's no listener out there that can just say, <laughs> no way, it's doable, it's doable, it's doable. And the benefits are fabulous and longstanding and wonderful. And it's what we need in the culture and life and just everything that's on our plate. We need this. We need the grounding. We need the calm. We're modeling this for our kids. We're modeling this for our families, how to handle the day-to-day and how to take care of ourselves in really a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're always trying to do it anyway, right? You're, you're stressed out. There's going to there's gonna be a deep breath that finds its way into your lungs at some point, even if you're not thinking about it. So it's already there. Any final words, any final thoughts that you want to leave with our audience today? When in doubt, breathe it out. <laughs> when in doubt, breathe it out. I think I think even if you're skeptical, I think it's worth a try because if you think about when you're when you're breathing, you feel more calm. And even if you go to your favorite place that you love, it's you sit down, you take a deep breath, you savor it, you take it all in. Right? So even if you're a little bit skeptical about how breath works, um, I'd say commit to it just for a week, give yourself three minutes a day and just see how you feel. And you can never think about it again if there is no change. But I think it's worth a small challenge of tapping into the thing that keeps us alive. If it keeps us alive, then it must be there to help us thrive as well. So good. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's so good. So good to see you. This was so fun. you could do us a great favor by leaving a review and a rating. It helps our podcast get into the ears of more and more moms. Also, if you have never joined the international community and sisterhood of We Are Brave Together, go to our website, wearebravetogether.org and fill out the little form to be a part. We are here to support you and validate you, encourage you, and give you resources for your journey as a mom. Thanks so much for listening.